she kicked him in his privates and called him a bag. So you're telling me that my daughter was building some blocks. This Connor came in and tried to then impart on the process of my daughter's probably fucking awesome block wall making skills. And she told him to go fuck himself like the strong fucking powerful chick that I'm raising. And when he didn't, she kicked him in the nuts and called him a bag. She was like, yes. And she's sitting in the office now. Well, tell her that I'm about to be there and we're going to have a talk as we go to Dairy Queen to get ice cream to celebrate. Because that's what I'm talking about. Welcome to Cheer Up Ed, the podcast, guy. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be cool. Look, we're here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. This is your new favorite shit. This is your new favorite. Remember, don't be a bummer, okay? Let's do this. I'm just going to start stealing. I'm just going to start stealing intros from podcasts that I listen to. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Cheer Up Babe, the podcast. I'm your host, VJ Julio. Want to thank you guys for checking in if this is your first time listening to the podcast. Hopefully you picked a good episode to listen to. We don't know yet. It has been recorded. It's currently being recorded right now as I say these words, but I hope you enjoy it. Nonetheless, I have some fun stuff in store for you guys today. Um, But before we get into all that goodness, all that sweet, delicious goodness, um, my butthole's been so tight for the last mm, about 24 hours. So we're still on that shift. Jordan and I are still on that shift with the baby girl where I stay with her until 1.30 in the morning, but I stay awake while I stay with her just to, you know, glance at her every seven minutes or so. <laughs> just just a little peek. She hasn't moved. She's fine. She's out like a fucking light, but I have to glance over every se- every seven minutes because first child, so scary. But last night, I'm on my phone. And I'm on Netflix, and I watched The Night Stalker. I don't know if you guys have watched that. There might be some spoilers coming up. But butthole, tight for 24 hours. How tight? Here's how tight. I have two little Dachshunds. I have two little baby wiener dogs. They're not babies. They're adults, and they're fucking assholes. I don't know why I said baby. But they bark when, when like the heater kicks on downstairs. Like, hey, we've been living here for over a year. Just don't do that. But they bark at everything. And also, if Gracie's sleeping, the tensions rise, right? Gracie's hitting that age where, and she has a little bit of a reflex issue where it's kind of difficult to get her to just zonk out. So when she's finally asleep, it's like, yes, all right, make sure everything stays cool and smooth and calm and collected, and then the dogs will fucking bark. So it's already tense, right? Now, watch the Night Stalker, and and tonight they bark at something like they do. Every single day, because like I said prior, assholes, but it looked like they were looking at the door. And instead of the normal, shut the fuck up, Jordan and I usually do to them, because we're trying to keep it cool under the wraps, for whatever reason, Jordan did not watch The Night Stalker. She's not allowed to watch that stuff. And that's not my rule. That's her rule for herself, because I'll watch The Night Stalker, and my butthole will be clenched for 24 hours. She'll watch The Night Stalker, and we have to move. And then we'll move, and then she'll watch another documentary, and then we have to leave the country, okay? She just makes a rule that she doesn't watch that stuff, even though it does interest her. I'll I'll catch her listening to fucking murder podcasts, and I'm like, so we just just want to have a really rough week, right? We just want to be really on edge. 
which is super hypocritical considering the current story I'm telling. So the dogs bark at the door, and instead of, the fuck, shut up, we turn and look at where they barked. And it was at the back door that goes, so there's like a little foyer area from our garage into this little foyer area, a.k.a. like mudroom thing, and then into the main house is another door. So they barked at the door that goes into that foyer area. And there's also a door going out the back of that four-year area that leads to the backyard. I know what you're thinking. VJ, how many doors do you have in your house? I'm fucking rich, guys. What can I tell you? I'm <laughs> that was a joke. If you knew what my house looked like, you would know that we're just right down the middle. But I feel like having a lot of doors on your house is uh, a sign that your house was built in the 50s, not a sign of money. So house was built in the 50s. I got 724 doors and two bathrooms. And they bark at the door, so we look at it. Rather than yelling at him, because I don't know, ambiance and whatnot, emotion. And I'm like, all right, hey, shut up. It's fine. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Because we didn't hear anything. They just barked. And then about three minutes later, they both barked at it again. Now, Night Stalker, okay? Only thing going through my head, and the only thing I was thinking when I was watching that damn documentary is, I wish a bitch would. Now, there's the... There's the 50% of me that's like a man. That's like, I can protect and handle anything that comes into my home. And then there's the 50% of me that's a bitch <laughs> and thinks, what would you really do? Now, I've gotten in my fair share of fights. It is what it is. It went fine. I feel like I've proven myself to myself enough that I know how I would handle a certain situation. Now, in the case of the Night Stalker, missing teeth, disgusting person, rap sheet... I'm scared. He's scary. Scary person. Now, there's a 50% that's super fucking terrified, and then there's a 50% that's like, I wish a motherfucker would. And for whatever reason, the second time those dogs barked, that latter 50%, that wish a motherfucker would, piped right up, and I was like, I looked down at Kilo, my trusted son, my loyal steed, my handy-dandy companion, aka my boy wiener dog, who literally screams at everything, so I got the backup of Kilo, and I got the bitch-assness of Fran, who if a leaf blows by the wrong direction, she's going to get behind my ankles. So we're strapped. You know what I mean? I'm feeling real confident about my odds. No. No. In reality, I was like, you guys are coming out with me because you'll be able to spot or hear something way before I fucking would. Now, granted, it's the middle of winter here, and uh, it's also so cold. As in, pretty sure it was negative eight. If the Night Stalker's outside my house, wait seven and a half minutes and he'll be unconscious because he's going to freeze to death. All right. I shouldn't have went out there. Opening the back door leaves an entry to the house where he can then warm up and recover and get his wits about him. If I would have just left it alone for seven minutes, I could have just gone out to the dead body from freezing to death. You know what I mean? But no, that 50% wish a motherfucker would guy was like... Grabbed a kitchen knife because don't have a gun because recent to the state. Have to do the background checks and everything. But dude, uh, mm, that documentary made me... We'll talk about that in a second. But I grabbed a kitchen knife like I'm some sort of knockoff 50% in, 50% out Michael Myers. I'm in workout shorts, boots that are unzipped, and then a flannel heavy coat. So basically, I'm ready to fucking kick some ass. <laughs> and I look down at my Dosh Hounds and I'm like, let's go. 
So we go out the back. Now, the beautiful thing about it being in the middle of winter, there was also a snowfall like two days ago. I could spot footprints easy. Did I think about that immediately when I walked out? Of course not. Walked out and I was like, Kilo, smell that? And so that, whenever I, whenever I say that, Kilo snaps to attention. Have I ever trained him how to sniff something out? No. But if I ask him a question, he snaps to attention. He doesn't know what we're looking for. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do, but he just becomes a little bit more alert. And that's all I needed from him. Hey, stop trying to eat your frozen shit from this morning and focus the fuck up. So I said, Kilo, smell that? He snaps to attention. Fran's, Fran's off doing her own fucking thing already. Okay? She, didn't, she didn't do a damn thing. Because huge pussy. Whatever. And I was like, let's go find it. So Kilo goes into run mode and kind of starts jogging around the house. I got halfway around the house before my knees felt like they were going to get frostbite. And I also realized, hey, everything's covered in snow. Look for tracks. He didn't come in from a fucking helicopter, parachute down to the top of your house, and then swoop into the dry area. And if he did, welcome to my home. Make it quick. Like, you deserve it. So I then change it to looking for tracks. I have all the lights of the house on and everything. Granted, I want to remind you, this is based off of nothing other than the dogs barked at something like they do a thousand times a fucking day. That's how paranoid I got. That's how fucking terrifying that documentary is. If you haven't seen the Night Stalker documentary, don't watch it if you're 50% bitch, aka the guy you're listening to. We walk around, obviously there's nothing there. And then I go back through the house. I walk out the front door. Check there. There's nothing there. Now, like I said, it's negative eight. And Kilo is also a huge pussy. So I take the opportunity of us walking outside to go check the mailbox. Check the mail. I walk over. I grab the mail. As I turn around, Kilo's screaming, which sends my fucking fight or flight signals into a fucking panic. Because I was like, oh, shit. There's something out here. No, he was outside for longer than 25 seconds and his paws were cold so he just stops moving when that happens and he started screaming so just overall the entire painted picture just we didn't look good as a unit you know what i mean like if you're my neighbor who just moved in who is definitely watching across the street judging and trying to draw a narrative about the people that live across the street just like jordan and i do to them they saw a guy at Eight o'clock at night, walk out his front door in two short gray workout shorts, unzipped black boots, and a thermal heavy coat with his wiener dog holding a kitchen knife. And then he just kind of glanced side to side, walked and got his mail. And as he turned around, his dog started screaming at nothing. Just the fact that his paws hurt. And then that guy had to then hold the kitchen knife away from both of their bodies, pick the dog up, and then walk back in the house. It just wasn't a good look. It's not what my I want my neighbors to think about me, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I've been fucked from what the neighbors think about me since the beginning. Like from from the jump of us Jordan of Jordan and I moving out of our apartment and moving into this house, I had back to back bad starts. Now, the first thing my wife does whenever we, like, move into a new place, by the way, we've moved, like, eight or nine times. We're in the witness protection program. I can't really get into it because of legal reasons. We just got to move and move and move and move. Now, the first thing that Jordan does whenever we move into a new spot is she picks out the things that she wants changed. And 
she tells me them and then that is my responsibility she actually planned it real real well super smooth operator this girl super smooth operator she plans a trip back home the week that we're moving into the new house and i was kind of just I, I i wasn't even mad i was just more like well done she knew that i couldn't join her for the trip back home because uh, working providing for the family bringing in the cash flow for her and my beautiful daughter so she plans like a week-long trip back home where i'm just going to be by myself but she made sure to tell me all the things that need to happen in the house before she gets back and me being a dude and in the in the moment of the conversation not putting pieces together you know like every guy from the beginning of time has done not putting pieces together to see like oh she planned this and she's manipulative <laughs> thought to, thought in my head oh yeah if you're going to be gone for a week i'm going to be kind of bored anyways after i get off work the last thing i want to do is like rest and play video games and act kind of like a bachelor or something i'm going to want to do projects so i agreed to them because I'm going to be bored anyways. Give me, what do you want You What do you want done? I'm your husband. I provide. I take care of the house. That's what I do. I'm excited about moving into the new house. I'm excited about making it exactly the way you want, babe. Love you. So the first thing, the master bedroom had this huge built-in closet that covered the entire back wall that closed the room off a little bit. It came out like fucking four feet. So it like cut into the room like four feet. But it was like, the entire wall. So it looked like it was just a room with like this built in there. But we realized if we take that built in out, we get an extra four feet. So we were like, so she said, I want that out of here. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that might be integral to the structure of the house, but you got it, babe. So day one, I ripped this closet out. Okay. And they did not make it easy. They used ancient wood like from when the dinosaurs dinosaurs were here and everything was petrified like it was like working on rock not wood to get this 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 fucking closet out and also the supports that they used to like drill them to the floor and drill it to the walls and the ceiling and all that stuff they used like seven times the amount of support. Listen, whoever built it built it right, I would say. Like for sure if Jordan's dad would have seen this work done, he would have gave the guy a tip of the cap and be like, yeah, we used to always do it fucking better back in my day. It's like, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what about when you want to remove it? That's why we build shit so shitty now. We can't make up our goddamn mind. We want to change it in a week. I mean, if you're a guy out there, you know how many times does your wife or girlfriend or significant other go, I think I want to rearrange this room. Like, I don't know about you, but that is my monthly nightmare. Because one of two things will happen. Either I'll get frustrated moving the room because I know in a month she's going to want it changed back. Or I'm going to wait. I'm just going to not do it. And then eventually I'm going to come home to it being done. And then I'm going to feel guilty that my wife asked me to do it a month earlier. And I just didn't do it. And then she did it by herself. I'm going to feel either guilty or annoyed. Dude, I, okay. Full disclosure, it's late right now. And I just drank a bang energy and I know that I am ramped up to fucking 11. I've gone on seven tangents and I think we're like 11 minutes in. But anyways, I ripped the closet out. Okay. Now what we were going to do is we were just going to get those like wall hanging closets that, you know, are open concept kind of like it would just be like 
our clothes would just be like, I hated it from the beginning, but our clothes would just be like on the wall, but we were going to do it on the wall on the same side of the entrance. So the built-in closet was away on the wall back from the entrance. And we were going to hang these wall closets on the one closest to the entrance. So I spent the entire first day, like literally moving truck. I moved everything into the, into the house by myself, which I've done at almost every single time we've moved. Like I said before, I'm pretty sure we're at eight. And at this point, it's kind of like a point of pride for me. Like people will call and be like, Hey man, heard you're moving. Need some help. Like what? Amazing friends, amazing friends. Like guys, that's so generous of you. No, go fuck yourself. I got this <laughs> point of pride ego. So I move all the shit in the first day. And then the second day I ripped out the closet. And then the third day I'm going to hang up the new closet. Okay. Cause all the paint's going to be all dry and it's going to be good to go. So one of the things that I had to do now, granted when I am doing these things, happy, happy as a clam. Like I have a project. I'm like a working dog. Okay. Not a whole lot going on behind the eyes, but if I have something to do, I can do it and do it and do it. And I can eat like, I don't know, 500 calories in a day because I'm just hyper-focused. I think I have ADHD because I took Adderall once. If you listen to the Topic Box podcast, you know that story. I'll probably tell that story again at some point on this podcast since I took the Topic Box down. But I've taken an inordinate amount of Adderall before. So I know what like that hyper-focused feeling is. Like I got hyper-focused and stayed awake for so long. But I'll save that for I'll save that story for another time. But that's how I feel when I have a project like this. Like when I'm by myself and I can put headphones in and I can listen to music or listen to podcasts and I can just do a pro- a project. I'm just hyper-focused and I can do it all day. So I have the heat cranked in the house so that it stays super warm. I'm in my underwear and shoes. Okay? That's how I'm doing the projects in my house cuz I'm like I'm in my house. It's summertime at this point. I'm in my underwear and shoes and I'm just getting shit done, you know, like a man. Now, one of the things with this wall hanging closet is they have these shelves that go on the hook. So like you you drill all these support things that you can hang stuff on into the studs of the wall and then everything you can adjust and like move it and it has different slots and stuff. But one of the things that you hang on it is shelving that the clothes hanging rods hang from the shelving. But it's not it's not a perfect size for the shelving. The way that I wanted it to be on the wall was not how it came. So I was like, hey, I'm going to take this shelving. I'm going to cut it down, cut it down to the size that I want. And I'm doing I'm obviously doing that out in my garage. So I measure the shelving and I've been in and out of the house a little bit, like in and out of the garage a little bit. I walk out to the garage. The garage is open because it's a beautiful day outside. And I have my saw and I'm cutting this shelving down. I mean, it's metal, so it's loud. And I'm like, what? And I get, I finish it off. I stand it up. I'm holding it. I'm getting ready to walk in. And uh, the neighbor across the street enters my garage to introduce herself. There's no harm, no foul. Now, I should tell you that we live in a neighborhood that not a single person is under 55 years old. And also not a single person in this neighborhood has lived here for less than 15 years. Like they are OGs. It's one of the main reasons that Jordan and I picked this neighborhood because it's like, oh, it's a bunch of old safe people. We're about to have a baby. This feels safe. It's definitely away from any main roads or main areas where sketchy shit happens. We feel safe. So we're surrounded by old people that have a certain way about them to where it's like, 
this is our fucking turf. Like, it's the gangs of the cul-de-sac for these people. Like, oh, you're moving in on our turf? Let us tell you how shit's going to go around here. Like, it's that whole vibe. <laughs> no. no, but in reality, they're, they're super nice. They're super protective of everything. Like, they're the people that it's like, hey, uh, I'm going to be out of town tomorrow night. Can you just keep an eye on the house and uh, also take my trash out in the morning? And you're like, yep, because you run this ship. So she comes over. She enters my garage, and I'm standing there holding a metal shelving unit. And she goes, hi, I just wanted to introduce myself. And the first words out of my mouth to this older woman neighbor, first impressions mean everything, were, nice to meet you. I'm going to be right back. Let me go grab some pants. Because remember, underwear, shoes. That's all I was wearing. And if you want me to really paint the picture... I'm a grown man who just moved into this house with his wife and my underwear have about 37 Pokemon on them. It's not a black. It's not black Hanes. They're like the spandex workout underwear that have 37 Pokemon on them because I'm an adult. So the first words to my neighbor were nice to meet you. I'm going to run and grab pants. And she was like, oh, my like, I don't know. You've been looking at me for 15 seconds. Was I the one that had to bring to light the fact that I'm standing here in my brightly colored underwear. So I run in, put pants and a t-shirt on, run out, introduce myself, have about a six minute conversation. She tells me about the neighborhood Facebook page that they have where they just let each other know about little nuisances or inconsistencies or worries that's going on in the neighborhood, which is so old. I've had a lot of t- times in my life where I go, wow. This is definitely an adult thing. Like, this is definitely like getting married. That was a huge adult thing. That's a huge symbol of maturing, right? Oh, we bought our first house. That's a huge symbol of maturing. Oh, we own our own cars with our car insurance. That's a huge symbol of maturing. Oh, we got added to the 55 and older neighborhood Facebook page so we can watch each other's back and ask each other to take each other's trash out. That was the biggest one. I was like, and I'm an adult now. So that was my introduction to the lady across the street. And then my introduction to the guy behind me was great. Okay. We kicked it up. Like I was out back. I'm pretty sure I was mowing the lawn and he came out like we don't have a fence up. So our lawns just kind of merge into each other. We both have, we both have a double lot. So it's like a lot of grass in between our two houses, but I was getting close to my property line and he saw me and he walked over, introduced himself. It was also pretty much, I'm pretty sure it was also week one. Him and I had a fine introduction, but fast forward to three days later, I'm out in my backyard. I think I was just grabbing something out of our overhang, like our little storage area outside. I was just grabbing something and he brought his neighbor over for an introduction and once again let me go put on pants i don't know what my pro- like hey i was excited it's an it's it's my house you know like this is my domain i'm just gonna walk around in my underwear it was not i was not privy to the information that i just walk around in my underwear way too much so we had back-to-back introductions in my underwear i'm pretty sure i was wearing a normal pair that time But now, every time I see them, we'll have like a six or seven minute conversation. And it's almost always good to see you wearing pants. Thanks, man. Maybe maybe let's just let this one die, huh? 
Anyways, I wanted to do I wanted to do a new segment on here. All right, I got an idea for a new segment, and it's called Unqualified Dad Advice, where I go on Reddit and I pull from the advice column, where like people hop on. There's two forums that I'm kind of following with it. So there's the advice one, and then there's the dad advice one, where people that don't have a dad will hop on and ask for advice. Because I have a four-month-old now. I'm basically an expert at this shit. It just gets easier and easier from here, right? No, it's because I can draw narratives real quickly, and I think that it would be really entertaining. So I downloaded Reddit with the thought of this segment, right? And I'm like, all right, I'm going to find some advice questions to answer. I think this will be really funny. And I definitely did find some. We are definitely doing the segment. It's definitely going to be recurring. But when I tell you that some of these had me weeping because it was... On the, on the dad advice one, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I thought I was, I was expecting, like, funny questions like, Hey, dads, my dad's out of the picture, and I feel like I'm about to lose my virginity to my girlfriend. What should I do? And I was going to say something like, Fuck her and stop being a pussy. <laughs> you know, sarcastic, unqualified dad advice. Then I'm reading these posts, and it's from these kids... And it's worded in a way where they're asking their dad. And some of the questions were just so genuinely uh, sad. Where it's like, hey, dad, I lost you four years ago. But this currently is happening in my life. And I want to know what I should do. And dude, when I tell you that this went from a I'm laying in bed with the baby girl thinking that would be a really good segment for the podcast that'll be super funny to flash forward seven minutes later i've downloaded the app and i've subscribed or whatever the fuck to the two different columns and i'm weeping i'm not fucking kidding shit hurt my soul one of them one of them and i'm not look we don't listen you guys know you guys know the fucking deal here we don't talk about bummer shit on this podcast we don't talk about we don't talk about shit that makes us makes us enraged or sad. But like for an example, to give you a reason of why I was crying my eyes out, like I'm a four month old with acid reflux. Like one of them was, hey dad, you passed away in 2017 and you left me your snowboard. Unfortunately, you left us before you had a chance to teach me how to use it. And I'm just wondering what you want me to do with the board. Like it was, it was worded that way. Like he was actually asking his dad and then the dads on this column got on and responded like it was him, which partially might be like, that's weird. Like they shouldn't do that. They, you know, they shouldn't pretend to be his dad, but you guys got to understand he wrote the question hoping that that would be the response he needed for his heart, the guys on there to respond as his dad to make him feel like it was okay whatever he chose to do whether it was get rid of the board or never learn how to write it but keep it with him or pass it down to his little brother because he's younger and has longer to learn his his soul needed that and i read that back and forth like 6 times because it just for some reason, like now granted, I was raised by my dad. He's still here. We have an amazing relationship. I can't relate to the situation, but I felt it. It was real. And I, I read it back forth like four times and just cried for like 10 minutes. So that's how this segment started. Now I did pick some ones where I was like, okay, I'll give you some narratives. I'll give you some, 
it might it might come off as legitimate advice, you know, but we're going to twist it. Cheer up, babe, the podcast style. So we're going to kick this bad boy off with a banger. This one comes up. This question, this advice question comes from num underscore skull underscore. The title is my friend is, quote, dating a 19 year old. Some backstory. My friend, girl, hops from one boyfriend to the next and now she's dating an adult. She lost her dad around a year ago. I don't know how relevant that is, though. This guy is clearly preying on her. Even though she and I haven't been close for a while, I'm worried. I want to turn the guy in, but I don't want to ruin his life. I'll either go to a counselor or Crime Stoppers. I'm leaning towards the latter because he has to know what he's doing, but I don't know. I'm not sure what they have done, but some Snapchat stories make me fearful. Pictures on parentheses, pictures on what looks like a bed. End parentheses. I don't think they've done it, but they could both be in serious trouble. Does anyone have advice? Okay, here's my advice on this one. Turn him in! He's 19, and he started dating a 15-year-old. There wasn't any preconceived relationship. There wasn't any, oh, we've been dating since high school, and it's been a couple years, and now I just happened to turn 18. He's also 19. He's also been illegal for two years. She's also 15, as in a freshman in high school, as in send him to prison and let him get passed around the yard. You feel me? I'll either go to a counselor or crime stoppers. I'm leaning towards the latter. First of all, you're probably 15 writing this and you know how to properly use the latter. And that's fucking impressive as all hell, numbskull. You're not a numbskull. You're a, a big skull. Wow, I'm a fucking numbskull. Anyways, back to the advice. It's not a secret what the laws are pertaining to age. The only gray area is if they were both legal and the parents know about it. Now, here's the thing. She doesn't have a dad that's involved that can beat the fuck out of this guy. And when I say beat the fuck out of him, I mean politely walk up to him, ask him to sit down, say, I understand you're dating my daughter. Are you 19? And when he says yes and yes, he knocks him the fuck into a coma and then calls the cops and then explains to the cops why he knocked him into a coma. And then that guy will just go away. You know what I mean? And you might be thinking, that'll just make his daughter rebel more. That'll just make her turn away. You got to You got to find a trickier way to do it. How about secrets? You know, how about she doesn't know what happened? How about you go to some dude in the yard, you find a way to smuggle his ass in a cell phone. That way he owes you a favor and they take care of that motherfucker week one. And he never has the chance to tell her that her dad did this all under the rug. I'm out here. I'm out here solving your problems. You feel me? And when it's and when it comes to the case of this 19 year old hooking up with a 15-year-old and taking pictures on a, on a bed, murder is the answer. My perspective has changed a lot since having a daughter. And I know that some of you would be like, well, there is, in some states, the age of consent is actually 16, and our cousins are our favorites. I'm not talking about Alabama, bitch. I'm talking about, let's just broad stroke it, 18's the legal age of consent. Okay. And 15 is also not 16. Your point is invalid. This one comes from throw away matey when matey has M-8-T-E-Y. If you want to go, I don't know, give him an upvote. I don't know how this fucking app works yet, guys. I downloaded it a couple days ago. Anyways, 
Title, I, 28, male, found my girlfriend, 27, female, cheating on me the night I was going to propose. That's the title. It's kind of self-explanatory. He has seven paragraphs. I'm going to quickly judge off of the t- off of the title. Hey, it's over. Hey, why are you writing into an advice column on Reddit looking for an answer that you already know the answer to in your soul and in your heart? It's over, okay? But what if she's just got cold feet and she made a mistake? Then you got a cold dick and it's cut off from her for the rest of her life. Certain mistakes are okay to be made. That's not one of them. Not a good sign leading into something that's supposed to last the rest of your life. All right. You know what? Just for humor's sake, I will read some of the paragraph just to maybe get a little bit of a better backstory. I don't even know where to begin. Throw away, matey. I do. Throw her away, matey. That's... The that's fucking comedy right there. That joke writes itself and it's not bad. It's not a bad joke. It's not a dad joke. Throw away matey. Throw her away matey. I mean, I fucking I'm just I'm just spitballing here, guys. Just So we had been dating for the past three and a half years now. Ooh. That's decent. That's a decent amount of time. Met in college and reconnected and later dated. Oh fuck. So they met in college, separated, reconnected. And then started dating. And the dating has been happening for three and a half years. That's such a fucking history. Last Friday, I had been working late the whole season since the industry I work in is hitting its busy season. But tonight, I worked extra hard to get out by 6.30 or so, so that I could propose. I had been debating on when to propose and thought that last night was the best time since I honestly just couldn't wait until after the busy season. Oh, so cute. Can't I can't, like literally saying I can't wait to ask this woman to be my wife. So I left out of the office. Once I got out, parentheses, lucky me was the first phase back in the office. That's probably something that has to do with his industry. Anyways, once I got out and picked up my takeout order from the nicest restaurant in town, oh, trying so trying hard, buddy. I even had rented tenant to watch later that night after dinner and my proposal. So I pull into the parking lot. So I pull into the parking garage and head in. When it was time to unlock the door, I heard some nice music playing. I thought that she might have been planning some surprise sexy time. Dude, this fucking hurts. I walk in, sit the take, set the takeout bags on the counter, and head to open the door. I open it to see some guy, an ex, so she claims later, to be pleasuring my girlfriend. Ugh. I mean, we can all agree... Silver is going to hurt because of the amount of time put in. But silver, I mean, fuck this guy. Let's just let's just big picture that he's working hard in his busy season. He got off early at 630 at night. He got off early. That's probably a 10 to 12 hour shift we're, shift we're looking at. And that's getting off early he did it so that he could get some food with the money that he's working busting his ass and still rent a movie and still got home early enough to make this as special as he could given his time constraint because he just couldn't wait and he just wanted this woman to be his wife that hurts fucked that Hurts. So, she, so anyways, this guy's fucking his girlfriend. 
At this point, I didn't even know what to think. I figured today was going to be a normal day of being overworked for 65 hours a week and then coming home to surprise her. To be honest, I really don't remember what I said or did. I only, yeah, that's called blacking the fuck out. Been there. Throw away matey. And that's what happens when your fight or flight response kicks in, but it's an overwhelming amount of adrenaline and the only thing on your brain is murder. Your your brain shuts your memory system off so that later on in court, you literally can't tell them what you did. So anyways, we're on back-to-back murder so far. Anyway, let's continue. To be honest, I really don't remember what I said or did. I only remember her repeating, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you weren't supposed to be back. I'm sorry. Blah, blah, fucking blah. (laughs) Nice. He wrote that, by the way. Next thing I know, I'm in my car driving over to my work partner's place and just chilling with him and his dog, crying for hours, telling him my elaborate stay my elaborate stay-at-home proposal idea. He's been letting me crash on his couch all weekend until I recently just went back. To that point, she's been spamming my phone all weekend to the point that I just texted one thing, you need to be gone Monday, then proceeded to block her. Wait, what's the fucking advice? My lease ends soon, so I might just leave and apply to some jobs in in the other city. I just can't take this emotional baggage anymore. Hey, throw away matey, what's the question? I know this didn't have much structure, mostly just a rant, but I've been needing to just scream and this is all I've really got right now. Oh, and I'm an asshole right there. Okay, um, yeah, okay, so he was using this as a release. Sounds like he has the advice handled because guess what? Your advice is to go stay at your friend's house, tell her to get her fucking shit out of your place and then block her so i mean that would have been my straight up advice and that's not even sarcastic this one comes from suicidal but oh well okay not a great start this title is 18 male i want to quit my job and i feel guilty for it my uncle let me know about an opening at their workplace it was a factory setting and I was told I should apply because I'm young enough to handle it. And they hired out of high school. Pays $19 an hour and overtime was a possibility. Well, I've been here for six months and the job itself is fine. The people are fine. But holy fuck. I don't think I'm cut out for this. I cry on my way to work. That's it. That's all I have to fucking read. Get the fuck out of there, dude. No doubt. Okay. Now, I know this segment was going to be called unqualified dad advice. But that's just that's a advice across the board. Get the fuck out of there. You should... You shouldn't have a nine to five until you've exhausted all of your passion projects, until you've tried everything. Don't put yourself in situations where you need to. And I know that that's like kind of a big thing to say, like, oh, easy for you to fucking say it. Like, I need to support and provide for this. Don't do that. Okay, get the fuck out. If I could give any any actual advice to people, it's when you get a new job, when you get a better income coming in, don't go buy shit. To then make that job a necessity, okay? Because we all start a job and the job alleviates some stress because we're able to pay for stuff better. And then the majority of us go out and buy a new truck, right? Go out and buy a new toy. Go out and get something that we're going to have to make payments for that way that the job is then forever. Not forever. The job is now necessary in order to survive and not Slip into debt or go into bankruptcy or shit like that. Don't do that. Get a new job. Work it. Especially if it's a job that you know you're not going to want to do.
do, 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 do for a really long time. As in your entire life. Like, kid, you're 19. Are you fucking kidding me? That is a no-brainer. And I do want to let you guys know that I will respond to these if I feel necessary. Like, I'm going to read through the responses to that kid. And if it's already been said, then I won't respond. But you're 19 years old. Are you fucking kidding me? You're still a teenager, dude. You have no idea the amount of life you have left. And the last thing you need to be doing is working a working a job that hires out of high school that pays decent but still shit that you can only get extra money by working overtime for. It's just not worth it, especially if it's exhausting. Dude, you're already so physically stressed out by this shit, probably mentally stressed out by this shit, that you're crying on your way to work. You're nine fucking teen. The only reason that you should be crying is stress from a passion job, like starting your own business that you give a shit a lot about, and it's hard, and you're struggling through it, but you're not sure if you're going to make it. You fucking took your, you fucking hung your hat on your own hook there. You're doing that for you. And you put all of your fucking chips into your own basket on that one. And that's okay for tears. That's stressful. There's a lot of self-worth tied into shit like that. But crying because a job is breaking you down where you're just a worker who's making money for other people. Fuck that shit. Figure something out. You get one fucking life, kid. You get one fucking life and it should not start ending when you're 19. Because I feel like that's what those jobs do. Those jobs that people don't like, that they can't find a passion for. His uncle just fucking threw him this job. Are you kidding me? And if you're, I, I obviously didn't read the rest of the post because that's all I had to had to read. If he went into, I don't want to let my uncle down or some shit, give your uncle two big fucking middle fingers if he can't understand why you want to leave that job. Because here's what will happen. Either you'll quit the job in 10 years and you'll regret wasting 10 years or you'll retire from that job and you'll regret, and you'll regret your life. Don't fucking do that. Don't fucking do that. That did not go the way that I anticipated it to go. I'm going to start I'm going to start request I'm going to start direct request requesting advice shit. Shit like, "Hey, what's your what's your narrative or advice on this?" And it's like, "Okay, I can fit, I can spin this funny." Those three that I just read. God damn. People out here struggling. That proposal one was was obviously sad but he handled it well that's probably how it should be handled just cut it same concept as the last kid if you are working in a dead-end job that you're fucking miserable at get the fuck out especially if you're young enough that you have it you don't have the responsibilities that are necessary the only thing you're trying to do is protect another person's feelings fuck that fuck politeness fuck feelings none of that shit matters do you baby do you same concept as that if you find a fucking cheater the day that you want to propose. Like, if the if the first thing she says is, oh, you're not supposed to be home yet, you're not going to waste the rest of your life with that fucking person. Bye. One life, everybody. You get one fucking chance. You get one go at this shit. Now, it is a roller coaster. There will be lows. There will be highs. It's one of the main things. It's one of the main things I want to teach the queen. Okay? The baby girl. One of the main things I want to teach her that I think a lot of people are like scared of right now. Like, I don't know if you've like, it's no secret that stress levels and depression levels and anxiety levels and being diagnosed with such has like skyrocketed. And I'm not taking away from the fact that people that actually have anxiety disorders or people that actually have depression don't. I'm saying I know for a fact, a hundred percent of them don't a hundred percent of them that are diagnosed as such don't. They weren't raised 
to learn how to handle their emotions. They weren't raised to learn that as a human being, your broad spectrum of emotions is how a human being operates. You feel sadness because you're supposed to feel sadness. You feel grief because you're supposed to feel grief. You have the ability to feel grief because it was built into you. That is a necessity of being a human being. No one is supposed to be just even keel. No one is supposed to just be like, everything's fine and I'm not sad. I'm not elated, but I'm also not sad. You have to be able to, you have to be willing to live with yourself in the down moments. Live with yourself. I'm not going to say some cheesy fucking Gary Vaynerchuk shit where it's like, I live in the dirt and that's where I show myself who I am. No, I'm just saying like, you're going to get fucking sad. Don't run away from it. Figure out what's eliciting the response and feel it. Stay in it. It's necessary because if you accept it and don't panic, you will then learn how to adjust yourself and get yourself out of that thought processes. Now, once again, I do feel like I need to reiterate actual anxiety disorders and actual depression disorders are not what I'm talking about. We all understand that that's an actual chemical imbalance that can happen in some people to where their brain literally fights against them. And that's where the medication comes in. But I'm saying if you're one of those people that are like, yeah, I have anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, I have like... I like depression, but it's like, it's like seasonal. I just like in the winter, I'm just so depressed. It's like, no, you're not. Okay. Everyone gets a little bummed out. Take some fucking vitamin D and learn how to fucking be a human being. You feel me? You feel me? It's one of the main things I want to teach Gracie. You're going to have lows. You're going to have highs. Your emotion, your emotions are a broad spectrum because you're supposed to experience all of it. And also fuck politeness. If someone's cheating on you, suck my ass. That's what I'm going to teach you how to say. That's probably going to be her first phrase. If I had to guess, I'm going to get a call from a fucking daycare or some shit. I'm not fucking putting her in daycare. We're in a pandemic, but that's just a fucking example. I know I'm getting a call at some point that she repeated something at the house. We are 100% going to be those parents, babe. 100%. I'm just expecting like a... Yeah, what's up, bitch? Like, that's just how I answer the phone. I, I saw I saw in my caller ID that it was her elementary school. And I was like, yeah, what's up, bitch? Me and the front lady just have that rapport. Um, hi, is this uh, Mr. Guilio? It's Julio. I pay you guys a thousand dollars a month for my daughter to go there. Anyways, learn my name. Yeah, well, um, your daughter, uh, Grace. Yeah, I know her name. Thank you. Yeah, I know who my daughter is. Get to the point, Gladys. Okay, sir, you don't have to be volatile. Gladys, are you wearing a mask? Well, no. If you could please put a mask on, that'd be great, Gladys. Thank you. Thank you. You yelled at me last week when I came in about it, and now I need you to make sure that you're wearing a mask 24-7. What did she say? Well, she was in playroom, and one of her little friends, Connor. First of all, Gladys, Connor is not her fucking friend. I would like to point that out right now. Just because he commingles around her, the only thing she does is she comes home and complains that Connor was a little fucking douchebag. Oh, oh, that's actually um, why we're calling. He, uh, they, they, he was trying to play blocks with her, and um, he thought that they should stack it one way, and Gracie thought that they should stack it the other way. And when Gracie kind of took charge, good. That's how I fucking taught her. That's how it. Well, actually, before we we like to encourage our kids to share 
and to learn together. That sounds bitch. Continue. Well, when Connor got upset about the fact that Gracie wasn't allowing him to build blocks with her, she kicked him in his privates and called him a fucking douchebag. So you're telling me that my daughter was building some blocks, this dick chin Connor came in and tried to then impart on the process of my daughter's probably fucking awesome block wall making skills and she told him to go fuck himself like the strong fucking powerful chick that I'm raising and when he didn't she kicked him in the nuts and called him a fucking douchebag she's like yes and she's sitting in the office now well tell her that I'm about to be there and we're gonna have a talk as we go to Dairy Queen to get ice cream to celebrate because that's what I'm talking about I have no idea I have no idea how I got into that bit right there. If you asked me, VJ, what did you say right before you got into the fucking receptionist at, at Gracie's school bit? I would say, I think I was talking about feeling her emotions as a human being. <laughs> I don't. Oh, it's late. It is latte, baby. <laughs> okay all right so what did we what did we learn all right we learned that uh all of my neighbors have seen my dick through pokemon underwear from the jump we learned that if you walk in on her the day that you're going to propose to her and she's fucking her ex bye bye we learned that you're supposed to feel your broad spectrum of emotions and we learned that your kids and you are going to hate my daughter when she's older. So this is a fucking good episode. If you are new to the potty waddy, I want to welcome you. Okay. Bottom of my heart. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We'll have shit for you guys to like get more involved with it, with it in a little bit. I got to fucking, if you guys want the old episodes of the topic box, those are going to be available pretty soon. Not on a podcast. Pla- Anyways, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Okay? Thank you guys for checking in. I'm VJ Julio. This is Cheer Up Babe the Podcast.